the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes, because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. And welcome to Education America, where we are taking steps to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Come along with us here every Saturday night on AM 1280 The Patriot, starting at 6 o'clock sharp. K-12 education is the playing field, and as the 16th President Abraham Lincoln so succinctly stated, he said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. I'm Mark Durkin, and again, joined by my co-host and founder of Liberty Classical Academy, Rebecca Hegstrom. Yeah, good evening, Mark. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. Mm-hmm. I got out a little bit this week when the temps got above I know. zero. We had kind of the the amazing swing that went from yes. like below zero to 30 degrees or 37 degrees yes. in less than 24 hours, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> and it can go the other way, too. Yes, it can. That's the scary yeah. thing. <laughs> Well, tonight we want to draw our attention to the growing number of Minnesota families that not only believe that they have their child's best interests in mind when it comes to their education, they are increasingly acting on those deeply held beliefs. Liberty Classical Academy has experienced tremendous growth over the last few years, and with that growth, school administrators are growing in their understanding as to why a number of Minnesota families are determined to find the quality education that best fits their educational needs. Well, joining us in studio to discuss the increased interest in school choice and the steps Liberty Classical Academy is taking to help meet that interest. Of course, our headmaster, Rebecca Hagstrom, and assistant headmaster, Eric Warnley. We're so glad that we can have this conversation tonight and to encourage families to explore the options that are out there for them that will best meet their children's educational needs. Thank you again Mm -hmm. both for being in studio. Yeah. Always nice to be here with you, Mark, yes. and it's fun It's fun to introduce Eric Warnley to our audience. I think this is the first time we've had you on the show. Yes, thank you. It's, a very, it's very much a privilege for me. And, yeah. and he moved up here, just a little plug for him and his family. Yeah. They moved up here from South Carolina a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and he had never, ever lived in a cold-weather climate. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So his father bought him... Um, what do you call the like battery operated warmer oh, mittens nice. for yes. Christmas the first year? <laughs> yes, and uh, sometimes we periodically see him sitting in his office with his coat on. Yep. <laughs> and with each passing year, I've learned to add layers, and you never yes. really get used to it. I've been here for almost thirty years, so that's right. Kids, yeah. you're from the south too, aren't no, you? No, I'm from the uh, east coast, uh, but further, you know, north or further south rather than where Minnesota. You know, yeah, but I, think he, I mean, he's from South Carolina. Where right. are you from? Well, I'm not from there. Oh, I've got family okay. that lives down there. Got it. Okay. But, uh, yeah. yeah, this is the furthest, furthest north. I've anyway, yeah. <laughs> we're glad you made the trek up here with your family, Eric. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, before we discuss the specifics surrounding the purchase of a new 
campus in Hugo, Minnesota. We want to talk about the growth that has taken place at Liberty Classical Academy. Rebecca, we'll start Mm -hmm. with you. Let's have Mm -hmm. you share with our listeners the pattern of growth that the school has experienced over the last few years. And from the perspective of headmasters, mm-hmm. you know, what factors have been communicated from prospective families as they're ultimately making the decision to enroll their children at Liberty? Yeah. Well, our pattern of growth has been on the upswing for, gosh, like five to six years now. Yeah. Um, we actually ran a growth strategy program starting in 2016. And had on average 19% growth three years in a row, which is just unbelievable. Um, And then we kind of had to recover from that rapid growth, and we hired a consultant and worked with them to develop a new structure, and that's part of where we ended up hiring Eric and adding some new staff to our administration. And it was perfect timing because right about the time we hired Eric and he was about to get started, it was that spring that COVID hit. And so that summer, he has... His introduction to Liberty in Minnesota was, how are we going to reopen the school? And he had to jump right in. So long story short, what happened that fall, we were able to open into in-person learning. And though we had a lot of guidelines in place um, to you know keep our staff and families safe, um, especially since that was in the earlier months of the pandemic, there wasn't as much known about it at that time, but we were committed to being open and our families wanted to be open. Yeah. So that ended up being a draw for people because as we know, um, a lot of the public schools were either um, completely online or they were doing some type of a hybrid format. And we had gone online for a couple months at the end of the 2019-20 school year. And we knew even as well as we had done it, and we got a lot of great feedback from our parents, we knew it was still subpar to actual in-person learning by a factor of like two-thirds. I mean, it was significant. Sure. And so um, that's why we were so committed to reopening. Our staff wanted to do that too and our parents. So we ended up being a draw from that standpoint. But interestingly, people that came to us weren't just looking for COVID relief in terms of having in-person learning. They were also looking for values like that, which we as a Christian school have. Um, The whole critical race theory piece that has been growing um, and, t- and kind of taking steam, taking on steam in the public school system, um, that on top of COVID yeah. are really the two main factors that are drawing people out of the public schools and into private schools right now. And so while they may have come and looked at the school because of COVID, they stay at the school because of the values and because of the quality of the education. Yes. And because um, we lost very few at the end of last year, um, most of them stayed on. And so they're so excited to just have the the body of values that we um, uh, represent at Liberty and our purpose statement. They resonate with it, and they're so glad to have their kids in person. And now, again, we've got schools shutting down, and we've been going remote again, too. I hear yes, a lot and more going remote. Are doing that. Yeah, when I say shutting down, that's that's probably not the right characterization, but they're going remote and. Um, it just is not nearly as effective, and we're we're really we're really doing our kids a disfavor in this country um, by doing that. So we're we're glad to have the growth we've had. We had thirty five percent growth between October first of two thousand twenty and um, two thousand or October first of two thousand twenty one. Thirty five percent. So that's phenomenal. Sure. Uh, Assistant Headmaster Warnley, is there anything you'd like to add to that comments or conversations that you've been having with people? What are they telling you? I think the big thing is is that we see a stark contrast between our student culture and, and again, what Mrs. Hagstrom said as far as values. Uh, 
And I think that that is becoming increasingly more important as families are becoming more and more engaged as far as what they see their children learning in a public school classroom. Mm -hmm. I think there's uh, been a lot of complacency that that has happened. Uh, And uh, with that, with the kind of the awakening of seeing what's really going on in the classroom, now they're reacting. And part of that reacting is now looking for a school that mirrors what they want to teach their children in the home and outside the home. And that's why we see a lot of families now coming to Liberty and looking for uh, enrollment opportunities, but also looking for information. Just how does classical education work? We've never heard of this before. We've been in the public school this long, or we've been in other private schools this long. What is classical education and what does that mean? What does it mean to uh, integrate subjects? What does it mean to have uh, a Christian perspective that's integrated into all all our subjects? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- these are, in, in many of our new families, novel ideas that we are um, having conversations with them. Right. And it's, it's, it's a tremendous encouragement for us at Liberty because we see that the Lord is using us as a tool to influence culture and in a good way and to preserve the values that our country was founded on. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so well stated. And mm-hmm. it's a journey, too, for these families. Mm-hmm. I mean, they know it's a perfect combination of knowing what they want for their kids, what their values are in terms of a Christ-centered education, but also, yeah, what, but, but how does this classical piece fit in all of this? So let's, let's shift gears here a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, so we, we see and we know that Liberty Classical Academy is committed to building students who learn to lead and discern and learn and go to create, uh, build and, and serve and inspire, lives that inspire. And uh, school growth, then, is the foregone conclusion when, you know, this is what is being discussed and families are learning about this. But now that you look back on some of the new families that have come in the last couple of years, let's talk about those that have been there maybe at least a year. What are they saying right now in terms of how enrollment at this school has really changed their their lives as a family and for their students? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's a great question. Uh, And the picture that I would like to paint for everybody would be it's almost as if you're going to a swimming pool yeah. and you don't know how cold the water is, so you want to stick your toe in <laughs> right, first yes. before you make the plunge. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of our families, to Mrs. Hagstrom's point that we've been getting, uh, have been wanting to test the water. So they come in mid-year, and then we have 93% retention rate of all those families that came and tested the water because they see that it is a wonderful experience once they come to Liberty. They, under, they see not just an academic development with the students, but they see a whole person development mm-hmm. of the student. Mm-hmm. And again, this is novel. Uh, schools don't think of in terms of educating the student holistically. They think of specific aspects of the student that they want to educate, but not holistically. How are we uh, molding or shepherding this person sure. um, as, as a whole? And looking how everything connects, yes, you know, and, and providing that experience at Liberty. And, and that actually affects the whole culture mm-hmm. of the school. And it is a very inviting culture. And uh, parents, that's probably one of the things that they mention the most is they love the culture of the school and they never want to see uh, that degraded. But mm-hmm. that's what is a draw. It's mm-hmm. I want some of that. Yeah. Yeah. And along with that, I completely agree with what Eric just said. But um, the 
other common refrain that I hear from parents sure. after their kids have been with us, sometimes even for just two or three weeks, yeah. is my child has become so confident. They see their children go from being sort of a squelched individual to suddenly being able to be who God intended them to be. And I've had some parents whose kids were older when they came say to me, I feel like I got my son back because the child was having to be somebody that they weren't in that other school setting that put pressure on them to try to conform to the culture. And when they came to Liberty um, as a eighth or ninth grader, they realized they didn't have to conform to the outside culture, that the culture of liberty is to be yourself and to be loved and to be accepting of other people's personality differences and gifts and what have you. And so they're free to become who they, who they were really intended to be, which then gives them, but frees them up to learn. Because, you know, if, you're, if you think of kids that have so much pressure on them to conform to the culture they're spending a lot of their energy at school just trying to conform to the culture and doesn't leave a lot of mental energy for learning and growing academically. And so, yeah, we see, number one, you know, we are so excited to see our child become confident and to be who God intended them to be, which is just a wonderful gift. And, of course, the academic program we hear so much about that they just can't believe how they, they, they'll say, we had no idea what we were missing. We had no idea what school could be. Right. Um, so, and with respect to the culture right now, what I often hear is liberty is a safe haven. You know, we don't have to worry about critical race theory. We don't have to worry about COVID shutdowns. And um, we can just let our children go to school and have a normal experience and know that they are getting the values that we want to teach our kids at home, just like Eric just said. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, let's turn our focus um, on the plans now that Liberty has in uh, making to facilitate, you know, this tremendous growth that the school is experiencing and the growing demand for this quality education that we've been discussing. You know, take our listeners through the process. At what point did you both as administrators recognize that the school couldn't wait any longer before looking really for an additional property to, to house the growing, you know, demand of, of enrollees. From from my perspective, I would say it, it came when we actually started having to wrestle with, uh, do we cap classes? And, our, and how does... Did you say cap? Yes, cap. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cap our classes and really how does that feed into our mission overall strategically as a Christian school? In, in the Twin Cities, and are we going to open ourselves up to allow uh, a bigger part of the population access to what we have at Liberty? And those were questions we had to, to struggle through because, again, uh, with opening it up, you need the, the facilities to house it. Mm-hmm. And so that's where uh, Mrs. Hagstrom uh, uh, presented the vision and said, we, we need to find a way to where we can you know, make this education and experience available to a broader uh, community. And mm-hmm. so within that, that's uh, when the executive team um, really began looking at wh- what does that mean for us. And, and so out of that was born a facilities team in order to identify 
what the needs were and how we were going to be able to uh, really build a foundation in order uh, to deal with the growth that we we saw coming. And so that's really and, and that really began um, at the probably midpoint of last year as we saw as uh, Mrs. Hagstrom mentioned this increased 35 percent of new enrollees realizing that if if this were going to be the case year over year that's a large that's a large growth and and we need to be able to to really uh, be prepared for it embrace Mm -hmm. ourselves for that Mm -hmm. and so that's where a lot of these things were born and the Lord has provided the whole way as far as uh, once we made that step of faith, the Lord has brought people in to partner with us sure. and provide, again, facilities that will enable us to continue that, that mission as we continue to go forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you like to add anything, yeah. Rebecca? Um, <clears throat> well, I guess one of the other key factors, along with what Eric was saying, is that our admissions director, in a meeting with me last, uh, probably December or January, said, we don't even have enough space to accept all of our current preschool families into our kindergarten program. And that was a big wake-up call for me. Now, we already knew we were, we were looking for facilities two years ago, and then COVID interrupted that, that search process, and then so did our new organizational structure. And so um, upon hearing that, that is when we realized, okay, we really have to get going now and we needed a, we need a short-term solution immediately. And so, as Eric said, you know, we started in a facilities team in February and I know you were wanting to ask a little bit about the process and, and, you know, was it difficult? And we, we had a team of people that were very committed to, uh, searching all of the different options and, um, looking at land and looking at short-term solutions. But I will say over six, over the six month period that it took for us to really zero in on where we landed in Hugo, it was pretty cut and dry for us. It was not that difficult. It was difficult in the sense of it took time and people had to do their homework, but God closed one door after another. And there was one door that he kept open over and over and over and over. And it was this Withrow campus, this old Withrow school that was part of the Stillwater School District. Um, And, you know, it was already in great shape. It was ready to go. It could serve our short-term needs and our long-term needs. We're talking about Withrow Elementary School. Yes, Withrow Elementary School. And and it's in Hugo. So that's why we're calling it the Hugo campus because most people don't know where Withrow is. (laughs) So, um, but anyway, so it was very interesting to see, and I think Eric alluded to this too, how um, God just really guided the process and made it very clear where we were supposed to land and has even provided an anonymous donor to then pay for that building for us, which was absolutely incredible. We're so grateful for that. Okay. Okay. So this is the new facility that, you know, there will be uh, an opening uh, this mm-hmm. coming uh, fall here in August of 2022. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about um, how the decision to have this building open from what i understand it's it's a temporary split right in mm-hmm. terms of students that are in preschool through second grade at the hugo campus and then from third grade 
all the way up through 12th grade, uh, the White Bear Lake uh, you know, campus will be open to them. But let's talk in, in, in the temporary uh, period where there's going to be the split. How will the new facility benefit students in the, the middle and the upper school programs at the White Bear Lake location? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you want to take that, Eric, or should I? <laughs> well, I can take part of it. Mm-hmm. So um, from, a, from a regular operational standpoint, it, it does provide uh, some flexibility in our growth at the White Bear Lake campus that for uh, for more of the short term. Sure. So, for example, we, we would not be able to add any other sections than what we currently have at the White Bear Lake campus if we did not have the Hugo campus. Mm-hmm. And so with having the Hugo campus and splitting it the way uh, it has been designed, mm-hmm. We have more infrastructure at the White Bear Lake campus to continue to grow and add more sections of classes. Okay. So that's how that benefit will will help at the White Bear Lake campus. Okay. But again, it really is, again, another short-term solution. Uh, but ultimately, we would have everyone located at the Hugo campus, and they're working on those phases right now and what the timeline would be for that. But right now, what what it has created for us is a bit of a reprieve. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and one of the benefits of that too is it allows us to provide a little bit more separation between the upper school and the middle school. Right now, um, they are kind of crunched down into one wing of the current facility, and the teachers are sharing the classrooms, even some crossover between middle school and upper school, okay. just because we have to use every classroom every period of the day in order to make the schedule work for the students to get everything that they need to get um, six through 12 in the middle school and so, or the middle and upper school. So this, um, by pulling the preschool through second grade students out of there, then that does open up some of the space and allows us to then pull the middle school back up into one wing of the school where they were originally when we first moved in there. But then as we've grown, most of that growth, you know, started out in the lower school section. So we just kept taking over more and more of that middle school wing adding in more sections of lower school classes, and that kept pushing the middle school further and further down into the upper school wing Um, to the point where those teachers have been so gracious. They share classrooms. They don't really have any periods in their classrooms that aren't being used. So they have to wear headphones if they want to get any work done or leave and go to the staff lounge. And um, so this will give them a little bit more reprieve, as Eric said, and um, provide some separation between the middle school students and upper school students, which I think is important um, for them to have. You know, as I've been listening to the two of you talk about this and, you know, moving and and trying to use classroom size, you know, you know, appropriately, I want to paint kind of a physical picture here a little bit. You know, what would you say, would you say that right now, I mean, K through 12, that the student-to-teacher ratio in the classrooms. Is that pretty uniform across the board for the school where it's consistent in all the classes, mm-hmm. roughly the same number of students? I would say roughly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What would you say roughly it is? Um, right now? Probably 1 to 15 on average, sure. I would say. You know, we've got some classes that are approaching 40, in, you know, 20 in each section. 20, right. um, so then you'd have, you know, 18 or 19 kids in those sections. But then, you know, we have some that are sitting at um, 30 to 35 um, total in a grade. And so then those being split into two, because our our average is no more than about 20 to 22 students per class is what we want, or per grade, I should say per class. 
Um, and so um, hopefully I'm being clear about that. Yep. But yeah, the average is probably 15, I would say 15 to 18 students okay. per teacher. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you see in the public schools, it could be anywhere from 30 to oh, 35. Oh, or even more. More yeah. than that per, per yes. teacher. Even in like a high school math class, right. you know, which those are difficult classes. And to have that with a 35 student classroom is tough. Yeah. Yeah. They get a lot of personalized attention at Liberty. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, perhaps some folks that are listening to this, you know, they have children who are in the age groups um, that would fall in that preschool to, you know, second grade. And Mm -hmm. they they're they're thinking about Liberty. They're they're hearing this conversation. And initially they may balk at the idea uh, of having children at two separate campuses. Mm -hmm. You know, how has the school seek to kind of alleviate the travel burdens that of families that are worried about, say, time constraints? With the thought they may have to drive their kids to two separate campuses. Mm-hmm. What has the school been talking about? Well, we're talking about providing busing of some sort, either that we would purchase ourselves a bus or two and provide transportation back and forth between the two campuses yeah. um, or renting a bus company to help us out. Um, helping families with carpooling is another yeah. way. We have always helped our families with that because – if you go with school district busing, they get to determine your, your school hours and your vacation days. And so we've wanted to have that independence. And so we don't have busing right now. Sure. And so we do help our families with carpooling as much as we can. Um, and the other thing that we'll be doing is we'll be offsetting the start and stop times of the days. So at the lower school, it'll be slightly different than the middle and upper school okay. to allow parents time to travel back and forth between the two campuses if sure. they choose to do that. Um, so that's going to be probably between the, between the providing some back and forth busing and carpooling and then the, the time differences. I think that's, that's really the main ways we're dealing with it. Okay. We also have, uh, or will be offering wraparound care for those that have younger Mm -hmm. ones. Uh, So if they have to drop off all at the same time, there is going to be that wraparound care if they have preschool age children and they have. Um, maybe upper grammar school children as well at a different campus, so they can they can still have that wraparound care and mm-hmm. still be able to 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 do what they need to do. Sure, mm-hmm. I know that another key feature, and I know my kids who are in lower school have really enjoyed this, is the buddy system. Yes, that is yes. there with some of the older students. Um, yeah, you know what what's the state of that? You know, with kind of the two separate campuses. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to do things a little bit differently. Sure. Um, where, rather than being completely in person all the time with those buddies. We'll probably be doing some letter writing back and forth, um, potentially some Zooming one class to another. But um, we also will be doing some transporting of students so that they can have time together with their buddies in person. Um, So we do plan to protect that buddy system. And as Eric said, this is temporary, too. You know, we our goal is that we would have a permanent campus at the Hugo site for the entire school within three to five years. So. When you look at that, that's pretty fast. Um, so obviously there's going to be a lot of fundraising that will need to happen between now and then. But that is our goal. And, of course, then that will make the buddy system back to being a lot easier. Absolutely. But we value it and we want to protect it. It's Absolutely. one of our goals. Yeah. About uh, 30 seconds here. Just want to kind of conclude with this. Um, growing number of families looking, you know, for this type of quality education. Um, now is really the time for families to really be inquiring as to how they can get their children enrolled. Mm-hmm. January is always a very busy time and only gets yep. busier as the year goes on. You know, what steps do the families need to be taking now? And mm-hmm. are there going to be any open houses or tours that interested families can take part in to get more information about uh, Liberty? Mm-hmm. 
Yes, so we have two open houses coming up. We have one on January 27th, and we also have one on February 17th. Okay. And I would highly encourage families, if they want to know about Liberty, to definitely attend those. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a follow-up, or even even as, before that, I would I would recommend that they reach out to Abigail Johnson, who is our admissions director. Okay. And she can be reached right there at Liberty. And I think that that would be a perfect way for them to get the information that they need. Mm-hmm. about our school libertyclassicalacademy.org yes yes mm-hmm. and if you would like to check out this podcast or any other uh, podcast that we've done here on education america you can go to save the classroom.com or check us out on facebook twitter or instagram thank you for joining us have a great rest of your weekend Night. three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.